You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, September 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I write a whole bunch of stuff every week. And I podcast, I do TikToks, all the crazy stuff over there. Or if maybe pop culture is your thing, I've also written at places like Nerdist, Mental Foss, Inverse, Film, Cred, Blight, Disgusting, and more. And hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or check out the newly launched YouTube page, Locked On Padres, which you can find in the podcast description and wherever you'll you'll find links if you want to find it you'll find it. i trust you guys out there today's episode is brought to you by spotify green room download the app and join me tonight actually friday tonight for the beginning of the cardinals padres game uh which is let me just check here to be sure 8 15 eastern time We're gonna be talking about that game a little bit giving more of my thoughts about the padres and heck maybe if you if you want to talk to me about fantasy football go right ahead but mostly baseball guys so be sure to join that spotify green room changing the way we talk sports and for today's episode guys for once i'm actually slightly happy slightly happy with the Padres because we are coming off of two victories yesterday. We talked, go check that out with Ben Kaspik of lockdown giants, where we basically just discuss kind of the season more as a whole, more of an overall view of the season about how the Padres have declined and how the giants have inclined and been so incredible uh, throughout the whole season, but especially the second half, they've just taken off uh, for sure. So we talked about that. We broke that down. Um, but today, uh, that means as a result, I did a cover yesterday's game. So we're going to talk about that game. Then we're going to talk about, um, so wait, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I get this right. Yesterday's game we're going to talk about and the game from two days ago we're going to talk about. And then I'm going to be talking about a little bit of the, the stuff I've noticed from those two games in terms of just what it might mean going forward and how I feel about this upcoming Cardinals series. And again, whether it even kind of matters at this point. I've been saying this for a while now and whether or not like it's too little too late. We'll have to see. We'll have to see, guys. But let's get into it. Let's start with Wednesday's game. Wednesday's game, which... Look, I will just say this. Even if the Padres had lost this game, at least it was entertaining. At least it was good baseball. You know what I'm saying? I can't even begin to express how many times I've watched the Padres just play these games where, all right, they finally get a runner on base, and it's a first-pitch ground out or a first-pitch pop fly, right? There's almost like no plate discipline. And I know that that isn't necessarily backed up by the stats. They're still a good on-base percentage team. In fact, among all teams in Major League Baseball, their on-base percentage ranks 10th, which isn't too bad. It's not, you know, like I said, it's 10th. It's not like they're the best in the league or anything, but it's not the worst. It's not the worst in the league, but they're kind of mediocre in a whole bunch of other categories. Um, for sure. And one thing I think that's pretty funny actually about the Padres is uh, let's see here. Batting average against. No, never mind. I thought that said something differently. I thought it said that their batting average against was like, like second in the league. I was like, what the heck? The pitching has not been that good lately. But anyway, enough of the stats. So it was just nice to see this. The Padres win uh, Wednesday's game by a score of nine to six on the back of Sir Joe Muss. Grove, ladies and gentlemen, he goes six innings in this game, only giving up three runs on five hits, walking three, striking out four. A little bit, you know, 
Didn't love the walks there. However, this is a really, really good Giants team. And Joe Musgrove isn't the type of guy that goes out there and wipes out the side. This isn't Max Scherzer, unfortunately. This isn't, you know... 2018 Verlander or Garrett Cole or Jacob deGrom, but he's a very, very good pitcher and more than qualified as basically the number one of this team right now. Uh, And he looked good. He looked good. There were a couple of of runs he obviously allowed. Like I mentioned, he allowed three and they came off of, let me just check again really quick and make sure I get it right here. Yeah. And Evan Longoria double and a Tyro Estrada homer and a Chris Bryant homer. Uh, The Chris Bryant home run almost made me nervous that he wasn't going to get the quality start for my fantasy team purposes. But, um, I will say that the Giants are such a disciplined team. So anytime you have just a quality start, as long as you don't get absolutely torched by them, for me, that's impressive. And especially when you just take into account that every pitcher is kind of due at some point for a bad start. Joe Musgrove still doesn't do that. In fact, he's been one of the most consistent pitchers in all of baseball. I mean, if you just look at his first and second half splits uh, on the year, his ERA for the first half of the season was 2.93. And right now, 3.07. That actually might have gotten gone a little bit lower, if I'm not mistaken, unless the stats haven't updated, for example. But the only thing that's really been different is that his whip is slightly higher in the second half and that his K per nine has gone from 10.6 to 9.1 in the second half, which is still solid. 9.1 is still very, very solid. Like I said, just because he's not Garrett Cole and racking up 300 strikeouts a year is not a bad thing. He's so consistent, has such great control of his sliders, of his curveball, that we just love him. We just love him. You can always feel like you can go out there and expect good games from him. Really, the last bad start that he had that I remember was against the D-backs when he gave up, like, let me see here. Let me see if I can even find how many. That was such a random, like, bad start for Musgrove, uh, whatever it was. I can't even find it right now. Let me see. This is such bad content, guys. I'm sorry. It was back in, yeah, it was back in August 14th when he gave up six runs on 10 hits. And he doesn't give up a lot of hits either. Usually, if you're scoring off of Joe Musgrove, it's like the Tyra Strata home run and the Chris Bryant home run. But anyway, more on the terms of the game. Like I said, they scored nine runs. A lot of this game was kind of dominated by the Padres from the beginning for the most part. And Adam Frazier goes four for five in this game with two ribbies, which is nice. Adam Frazier, total disaster for the Padres. Uh, Absolutely. Basically every way. He has not been good for the team uh, whatsoever, but I'm just happy that he's at least delivering at this point. Um, And then you also get some RBIs from what's their faces. Uh, Manny Machado. That's right. A ground rule double for Manny Machado. I, I, I'm getting mixed up because for some reason on my notes, I, I forgot to label which one was Wednesday's game or which one was Thursday's game. And since I'm doing this live on YouTube, it's a little bit harder. I can't just like pause and all that stuff. So sorry about that, guys. But uh, Manny Machado gets a, an RBI in this game. Eric Hosmer manages to drive in a run, which was really fun. Um, and Jerks and Profar who we have to talk about for a quick second. He hits a home run in the top of the seventh inning, making it seven to three, which actually was kind of huge because it was only a five, three game. It does not give you uh, ease when it comes to the Padres. Their bullpen has not been as good in the second half as it was in the first half, but a nice home run from jerks and profile, making it seven, three, then a little bit more from Trent Grisham with a sack fly and a Will Myers single Will Myers, who I've mentioned before been very solid, not great defensively, but he hasn't been exactly killing the team. Uh, he's been he's just been a, a slightly above average player, I basically uh, would would argue. And that's one of the things that I've been arguing about for the Padres for a while now. I've been mentioning that we need more guys like the, that type of Will Myers guy, a guy who's going to be solid at the plate. You don't have to be Tatis. You know why? Because we have to that Tatis and we have Manny Machado. I trust those guys. I'm just annoyed that guys like Cronenworth and Trent Grisham and Tommy Pham and Adam Frazier, that they've all become below, below, below average. First, there's a star. First, there's Tatis. Then there's Machado right, right, right under that. Then there's, you know, 50 feet of crap. 
And then there's Adam Frazier and Tommy Pham. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been really disastrous. I just need something in that middle ground area. And a good example of one of those middle ground players is Jerkson Profar, who we'll be talking about in just a second, guys. But first, I got to talk to you about something else that is just so lovely. You know, Jerkson Profar is lovely, obviously, but I got to talk about just one more thing, guys. Those are the best tasting protein bars in all the land, knowing that Jerickson Profar is so cool. I bet he loves these things. They are the built bars, ladies and gentlemen. And what I love about them is they come in all sorts of different flavors from coconut to cherry barcia to raspberry, coconut almonds, banana bread, seriously, banana bread, grasshopper cookie, Rocky Road. They're probably going to have some new cool fall flavors coming out. The pumpkin spice flavor, I wouldn't rule it out. We'll see what they're cooking over there. But on top of all that, guys, top of tasting just really good, by the way. They're really, really good. I order them all the time. Uh, they're healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. What are you waiting for, ladies and gentlemen? Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And I don't know if you guys noticed. Let me tell you. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I have energy for once. Right. Because for once I got to actually talk about like good Padres baseball, like I missed it. It's been a while. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like I haven't really watched them play well lately. And they kind of continued that on Thursday. Uh, and also just anyone random really quickly. The Giants and Washington football team game was absolutely wild, by the way. Football's off to a great start this year. But in terms of the Padres. Let's talk about that. I am wearing, for those that are watching the YouTube, you know this, but for my audio listeners, I'm wearing my Locked On shirt because I'm wearing just a different shirt for once. It's one of the things that I do now with YouTube. Whenever the Padres make me slightly happy, I wear a new shirt. That's just what I do. And I've been wearing that plain white tee for a long time. And to be honest with you, I was expecting to probably wear it again because I thought they were going to lose three out of four. And instead, they did not. The Padres have a nice little, not a statement win, but an impressive, solid win. 7-4 to four over the Giants on the back of the bullpen. That's right. It was a bullpen day for both teams, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, it wasn't. It was a bullpen day for uh, one of the games for the Giants. It was not for the Padres. Again, like I said, I'm my notes have It's a little mixed up right now. I probably should have done that, checked that beforehand. But going for the Giants is Kevin Gosman, who I want to mention really quickly. I wrote about him for Just Baseball, uh, which I contribute to constantly and how... I just found his story so fun that this is a guy who is a top prospect and basically is mediocre, if not outright bad for most of his career. Then he moves to the Braves and all these different teams. He can't figure it out. And then all of a sudden he just figures it out with the Giants. Like it's something you genuinely just like to see. I love to see those late bloomer types. And he's been good this year on the year, though. 2.78 ERA, 1.03 whip. It's really good, right? But in the second half for Kevin Gosman, he's been struggling a little bit. The, The regression continues. Right. Kevin Gosman has basically been I mean, he was literally the second. um, What's his face? Uh, He'd been the second pitcher, I think, for MLB All-Star voting. Like he was really good. Like make no mistake about that. Kevin Gosman um, like was genuinely one of the biggest surprises in baseball this year. Uh, Not necessarily because he was good, but because he had started off so hot. Like I said, behind Jacob deGrom, he was the starter, if I'm not mistaken, for the All-Star game. Uh, I'm going to check his pitching splits, though, to just give you guys a little bit of a. 
a breakdown about how bad his second half regression has been. Now, don't get me wrong. According to baseball reference, 5.1 war. I haven't checked the fan graphs war. I know fan graphs and baseball reference are a little bit different, but in just in terms of the first and second half, a little bit of a discrepancy here, 1.73 ERA in the first half, an incredible uh, 10.4 K per nine whip under one 0.82. In fact, and then the second half 4.5 ERA strikeout rate went up a little bit, 11.1. And his whip has increased dramatically to 1.4. So it's like average major league starter, basically the second half, which is a little bit concerning in terms of teams that might want to give him a major deal. He was looking like he was headed towards that like 80 bajillion dollar contract. And I mentioned on uh, the other day, um, the show, how it's like with Ben brought this up as well with you Darvish and the sticky stuff situation. Like, is that having an effect on him? Maybe we should look at Kevin Gosman. I mean, if you look at his past couple starts, the last good start that I can really look at, like good, like, you know, number one all-star type of starter was his game. It looks like, let's say the game against uh, maybe Colorado, where he gave up only three runs on five hits, nine strikeouts. That's not bad. But nonetheless, he hasn't been quite elite for a while. Now, granted, it hasn't affected the Giants too much because they have Logan Webb. They have all these guys that can tr- contribute. Anthony DeScofani, who shut the Padres down in the first game. Uh, they still have playing, so it's not killing the Giants. I'm just curious about what kind of offer he's going to get this summer, to be honest with you, or this winter, I should say, in the offseason. It should be interesting to see. I, I would genuinely be I think he's absolutely worth a big, uh, moderately big deal, but I'd be very, very curious to see what team kind of bites on that. You know what I mean? That should be interesting to follow. But in this game, like I said, a bullpen game from the Padres. And what I love is that there's two underrated Padres that I want to talk about real quick. First one is Jerickson Profar, who I mentioned, the handsome lad Jerickson Profar, who in this game goes one for five, but he's been pretty damn good for the team. He's been fulfilling that role player role for lack of a, a better term in the month of august he slashed 364 with a 481 on base 591 slugging which was nuts and then in july in 24 games he had a 340 431 540 slash line now granted september has been a bit nightmarish he has been he's bad he's slashing 143 with a 200 on base and a 321 slugging so i don't know what's happening there 28 at bats it's not the most at bats in the world he's calmed down but at least he's an example of a guy that has lived up to, for the most part, like just being that role player. And also, I just like the guy. I love his smile. I like his energy. I think him and Tatis get along whenever I see them in the clubhouse. There seems to be good mojo there. Um, so it's really cool. And there's this fun stat that Dennis Lynn actually put out um, heading into this game over his last nine plate appearances as the Padres' leadoff hitter. Jerickson Profar has seen 55 pitches. I should say had seen 55 pitches, recorded three hits, and scored three runs. So I'm just curious, is it possible that Jerickson Profar should be experimented with a little bit more in that leadoff role spot? I want to say add another thing on that, by the way, before we get into the game. I know I'm going a little bit back and forth with topics, but I think it's interesting. Someone pointed out that basically one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, do you think that the tinkering with the lineup is a little bit much? The tingler tinkering with the lineup, how it seems like it's all out of whack all the time and it changes all the time. And to that, I say maybe. I think that in general, it's always mix and match. These guys know more than us because it also and someone made a good point where it's like when you look at the overall different lineups that you've seen this year, I think it was Craig Elston, actually, of the uh, Padres Hot Tub. Go check out that podcast as well. They, they kill it over there. Shouts to those guys. Um 
who pointed out that the Padres have like 93 or so different lineup configurations. And if you think that's a lot, it's moderate. It's a decent amount of lineup changes. But then it's like, well, the Dodgers and Giants, they've had like 130, 140 respectively lineup configurations. So it's not strictly the changing of the lineup. It's that it seems that they just aren't finding the right order. Clearly, when it comes to the Padres offense this year, it seems like every, it, it just, it doesn't seem like there's any rhythm to it. It doesn't seem like there's any, at least correct and has turned out correctly thinking, you know what I mean? Maybe they thought on paper it was, should have gone a certain way, but as of right now, it hasn't been great. Some people are, have been complaining that Eric Hosmer, why is he batting fifth? Well, one, because his WRC plus is a little, is around like 123 right now. He had a good game in here as well, actually. Or no, he didn't. He had a good game on God damn, I messed up again. Uh, he had a good game on Wednesday, uh, but in this game he goes over five with uh, two strikeouts, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he goes over five. But like he actually hasn't been the worst offensive player. He's not like the worst player in a vacuum on the Padres right now. And in fairness, it's not like Adam Frazier and Hassan Kim have made the case that you need to just bench Hosmer or put him, send him to the sun, as everybody keeps joking. So like that, that I will say about the Padres is that people forget that there are other reasons why has is the fifth batter if, if anyone else was stepping up if adam frazier was the all-star that we thought we were getting might not be impossible that they were like you know what screw the money we're uh we're benching you has or we're at least not playing you nearly as much but in this game i also want to mention nabil chrismat for the padres he gets the win he earns the win granted win isn't the greatest stat in the world to judge how good pitchers are but He's a solid pitcher, man, and I call him a sacrificial lamb type of pitcher. It's basically the nickname that I use for every middle long reliever, whether it's because it's a bullpen day or whether it's because your team is getting blown out and you had to take out the start early. Nabil Krizmat's kind of like the number one guy for that role for the team. He goes four innings in this game, giving up three hits, no earned runs, though, walking one, striking out one. His K rate is not that impressive. But he doesn't give up too much crazy stuff, man. I mean, over his last bunch of games, and I'm looking at five, you know, seven, eight, eleven, or eight, ten. So ten hits over his last, like, you know, four plus point two, 20, four hits, you know, whatever how many hits over his last bunch of innings. He's not getting rocked all that much, which is what I appreciate for this type of sacrificial lamb role. And he deserves a little bit of credit too. Early on in the season, everyone was like, I hate this guy, and blah, blah, blah. And this is what happens with relievers sometimes. We hate on them for their few instances. It's why Craig Stammen is a little bit of a cursed name among Padres lore uh, for so long, even though he's really not that bad. You know what I mean? When you look at the just the totality of relievers in baseball right now. And you know what else is not that bad either? At least when you do it correctly, I should say. This is a bad transition. Let's just go on. Let's just keep moving. We're back and better than ever when it comes to football guys all right we got the baseball going but let me talk to you about football for a second on the gridiron as teams are back to start another season and as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season they've got updated odds you know different contests and props they've got everything you need head to the website use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up that's right pretty cool i think it's pretty cool don't forget to use the promo code guys nfl 100 and they also of course they've got basketball they've got your lovable 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 baseball even when it doesn't always love you back they do have baseball stuff they got props and contests for everything so guys what are you waiting for go to bet online and also use the promo code locked on when you're on there as well bet online your online sportsbook experts guys and one more thing just one more thing you're talking about sports guys but i i just want to 
I just want to mention this, you know, maybe you're someone who doesn't want to only watch sports. You want to make sure you have everything for you. And that just, a, it's a long day at work. You know, you want to make sure you get home. You have the best type of TV coverage. Well, don't worry guys. Direct TV is there for you without all the hassle. Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. That's right. That's a big part. Um, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Remember, directtv.com to learn about DirecTV Stream, guys. And let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. But first, first, a little sip of water, by the way. Got to stay hydrated, hydrated. And let me tell you, it's important to stay hydrated because the Padres... Man, they were dry for a while, ladies and gentlemen. It is nice to see that the Padres bounce back and that they split this series against San Fran. We still got them a couple more times, though, so we're not out of the woods yet. And in fact, guys, I mean, look, I I mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, look, I I mean, I don't want to say that this meant nothing to me. Right. I, I was a little bit excited to just see good baseball again. And since I do this show every day to be like, you know what, I'm logging on and I'm actually going to be able to say something that's a little bit different than, yeah, the Padres have been stinking lately. You know what I mean? I've been breaking that down so much that I want to just talk about something positive. And for once we have that, they still have a percentage chance, according to baseball reference, all the places of under 10 percent to make the playoffs, which I think is genuinely about right when you take into account the teams that they are playing, which has been discussed ad nauseum, not only on this podcast, but across all kind of baseball outlets. So I'm not breaking any news there. The Padres remaining schedule is really tough on top of the giants. They have the Cardinals who they're playing this weekend, this Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday. Then they've got San Francisco to start the week. They do have a day off on Monday, which is nice. And then they've got Atlanta. Who's another pretty solid team. And Freddie Freeman's a potential MVP guy. Then they have the Dodgers, And then they end with three against San Francisco. Now, it is true that I wouldn't like rule them out completely. The Padres making it because the biggest reason is really because like the Reds and the Mets, whoever might get that wild card spot, they seem just totally out of it. Like they just don't seem at all like they want to earn that spot either. I mean, the Reds are out here getting, they almost got swept by the Pirates, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. They won to one to nothing. The Pirates almost got their first sweep of the year. They won one to nothing off of, let's see, I don't even know who scored their one run. And as Jubal Cabrera sacrificed fly. That's right. Like, I just, it's pretty wild. Tyler Maley uh, did well for them, by the way. Very underrated pitcher as well. Um, um, he's like their Nabil Krismat. Well, not really, because he's a starting pitcher. Uh, but anyway. So I would have loved that the Padres got uh, the Pirates got that, but them winning those couple games is more than enough in helping the Pirate the Padres kind of um, remain afloat in this race. When you look at the wild card standings right now, they are a half game back of St. Louis, seventy six and seventy, while St. Louis is seventy six and sixty nine. So big big series this weekend. Obviously, we can overtake the Cardinals potentially, uh, and then the 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 Cincinnati Reds are one game behind the. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals, they have 74, nope, 76 wins. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Give me a second, guys. Give me a second. It's the Philadelphia Phillies that are two and a half games back, and then the Mets are five games back. So it's very unlikely at this stage that the Mets can make it, especially because they've been losing so much lately. They had a little cutesy little streak, but now they're 72 and 75. It just looks unlikely. The Lindor moment from this past weekend was really, really fun when he hit the three home run game and was bad mouthing Aaron judge and all that's, or not Aaron judge, Giancarlo Stan. Like that was fun. But for the most part, they're probably out of it, especially with the Grom out and with the Cardinals who we're now facing the Cardinals. And I tweeted about this. The Cardinals are literally the 
I mean, I guess <laughs> of all the playoff teams right now, they did not buy all that much of the deadline. They did not. They went out and signed John Lester and then they or trade for John Lester. And then they went out and got Jay Happ, who all of a sudden have been decent contributors for them. That's the hilarious part. Nolan Arenado is hitting bombs right now. He's got, I think, 31 home runs on the year, more than our boy Manny Machado. Uh, yes, I know his walk rate is down, and I know that his defense hasn't been as good. But still, I mean, he's heating up at the right time for that team. Dylan Carlson is a very solid rookie, maybe not a superstar. He has not been Jonathan India of the Reds, and he has not been Trevor Rogers or some of these other guys, right? But he's a pretty solid player over there. And then you've still got the leadership skills and catching potential Hall of Famer of Yadier Molina, Puerto Rican power, of course, uh, guys. They've got some good players on the team ball goldschmidt seems to be heating up just a little bit they've got some really good players and i think that this is gonna be a very interesting series the last time the padres played them if i'm not mistaken they actually swept them and it's funny because the last time the padres played them was kind of what's because early on in the season the padres offense was basically non-existent if you guys don't remember um basically for the beginning of the year the only thing that was exciting about them was the joe musgrove no hitter Right. That was so, so, so much fun uh, on that lovely Friday, April 9th. And then they kind of were losing a bunch of games. They lost two out of three against the Dodgers. Then they got swept by the Brewers, who turned out to be amazing, obviously. And then they won three out of four against the Dodgers. Then they dropped a couple dumb ones. They started losing to San Fran. They lost some questionable ones to Pittsburgh, lost two. Then they lost one to Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. And then Friday, May 14th, which I hold very dearly to myself because it was when I visited one of my friends in the city. It was the first time I went to their new place. It was great. And then they win five to four on Friday, then 13 to three on Saturday, then five to three on Sunday. And that's back when Chris Paddock wasn't pitching well. They had some injuries. I'm pretty sure they didn't even have most of their starting players at the time. So the Cardinals actually symboled, uh, signify, I should say, like the beginning of the Padres reverting back into the elite team that they were. Of course, that has all gone downhill. But at the time, they were kind of the get right team. So is it possible that history repeats itself here? I don't know. I don't know, because I'm not all that scared of the Cardinals as a team, like on paper. They don't necessarily intimidate you that much. It's more of the organization, right? The organization of the Cardinals scares you more. They are always consistent, always steady. They never really have a bad, bad season. Last year, even, they made the postseason, and they almost beat us. Granted, it was a two out of three sort of playoff draw, but nonetheless, they still almost beat the Padres, despite being one of the lowest slugging percentage teams in the entire league, literally all they had was Paul Goldschmidt. That was it that year. That's all they had. And then this year, you know, just in terms of their stats right now, I'm going to look at them. I forgot to check that. Um, Just in terms of their stats this year, slightly better um, when it comes to all that um, in home runs and slugging. They're 20th and 21st, which isn't that great, uh, but it's a little bit better than last year. They were literally like 29th and 30 in those categories. Batting average on base, 14th and 19th, respectively. And then their earned run average is 14th, batting average against 7th, and walks plus his per innings is 17th. So a very meh team. You know what I mean? Not a great team. They have some big names on there. Jack Flaherty's hurt right now, but it's definitely a team that scares you because of that Cardinals logo, man. You see that thing and you're like, oh no, they're going to find a way into this, aren't they? We're going to see. I'm going to be watching all the games. I'm excited. I'm at least amped to be like, there will definitely be a lot to talk talk about on Monday. Because if the Padres don't, if like the Padres got swept this weekend, that could be doom. It could be. It could be doom because this is one of their big competitors. I am not scared of the Mets. I don't think that they're going to make it. I just think it's too much, man. They're seventy-two and seventy-five. They're not. They're not making the playoffs, even if they haven't been, you know, scientifically eliminated. Philly. I mean, Philly. The only thing about Philly right now is just whether or not Bryce Harper can keep up his unbelievable streak because he really is looking more and more 
like the MVP like every single day. We're going to see because if the Padres make the playoffs, they might give it to Tatis just because of that, especially if he performs better. So we're going to have to see how they perform. And then you have the Reds, who I think on paper are actually the most exciting team, but they're a team that I think just and, – and actually – this is a nice time to plug this. I have an article coming out where, that I wrote with uh, Claiborne Snowden, uh, who was an assistant kind of a lockdown Reds. Now he's part of Just Baseball. It's basically a dialogue of us messaging each other back and forth about what we think of the playoff race and our teams respectively. It's a fun little article. One of the things I mentioned, it should be up by now or at least up later today from when you guys listen to this podcast or watch this video. And basically one of the things that I brought up was the Reds are one of those teams that for some reason last decade, they love to buy when they're not a good team, like Mike Moustakis, for example, like when they trade for Trevor Bauer. But when they are a contender, like this year, at the trade deadline, you have MVP quality players in Castellanos and Jesse Winker. They decide not to buy at the deadline. It's very weird, that organization. It's a very cheap organization. The Pirates should take advantage of that. I think that the Reds, it would be funny if a Wade Miley or a Sonny Gray goes out and beats Max Scherzer in a playoff game. I genuinely think that would be kind of hilarious for the sport. And I'm not just Dodger hating. I just think objectively it would be pretty wild, um, even if a little bit unfair if, if a team were to lose, especially since the Giants and Dodgers are the two best teams in baseball. But I think that'd be pretty wild. As much as I like that, you kind of want the team that tried a little bit more with the offseason stuff like the Padres to make it. They haven't played like they deserve it. Don't get me wrong. But I think that would just be a little bit more fun. And also, don't lie, guys. If it's Dodgers, Padres, wildcard game, don't tell me that ain't going to get the ratings up, man. Don't tell me that that game isn't going to be exciting as heck. Could it be 5 nothing after the first inning in favor of the Dodgers? Sure, because the Padres have been really uh, disastrous lately. But something tells me a one-game playoff, oh, man, uh, don't sleep on that. That would, man, if the guys, just think about that for a second. Just think for a second. Just to cheer yourself up. Maybe you're having a bad day while watching listening to this. Just think about the possibility, man, of that happening. It's not totally zero. It's unlikely because I do think that the Padres, the bottom lines, their schedule is really, really tough. Hopefully some guys step up, though. But this Cardinals team, despite what the numbers say, they're not the best in the world, but don't sleep on them because this is who they are genetically. They love to make runs in the postseason, and they love to just find a way they are the find a way almost like jeff goldman life uh um uh uh finds a way yeah, yeah, yeah. did you guys like that one was it good i don't know let me know in the comments below guys but with that all being said one more thing from this episode before we kind of wrap things up i want to talk to you about betting one more time not bet online but betting on the padres betting on the nl MVP, betting on football RIP to anybody that bet on the giants and all of a sudden they went off size and then Washington made the field goal. Uh, it doesn't have to be a guessing game betting. I mean, if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcast guys. That's almost it. In terms of next week, in terms of next week's show, I'm planning on doing another crossover with another Lockdown host, uh, Mr. Lucas Smith of Lockdown Cardinals. I know he's doing the YouTube wave too, and I think that'd be fun to just kind of recap the series and talk about it and break it down. Hopefully, we're going to be happy and riding high. Really looking forward to talking to Lucas at some point next week, probably Monday, maybe Tuesday. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes down. Um, then you're going to be talking a little bit, probably going to bring up Tatis for MVP candidacy. Again, going to be talking a little bit more about Padres kind of uh, former trade guys. Oh, I might save that a little bit because we are in the middle of the wild card race. So that might be more of a end of season, off season type of category to get into. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. What do I know? 
I don't know anything, guys. I don't even know why I'm hosting this podcast. I'm such a buffoon. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, that's going to be happening next week. Might do a crossover with the Lockdown Dodgers, guys. That should be interesting. Maybe Lockdown Braves because we got the Braves coming up soon. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be fun, though, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I think that I'm just excited that the Padres are like had like two very nice wins that shouldn't be go- gone overlooked because they could have just rolled over. And it seems like maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that some guys finally start to step up. Maybe it's just a, a regression to the mean. Guys can't be this terrible for that long. Maybe we'll get a good start from you, Darvish, who is either a victim of the sticky stuff or maybe he's hurt. I don't know, but we'll see, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. I don't care where it is, wherever. We got you on there, guys. And if you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the, the Apple Podcast app. I'd love to get that five-star rating up. That would be greatly appreciated. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.